Hello, and welcome to Glens Falls Today Morning Brief. Our top story today, a hearing on the use of the herbicide Procellicor EC in the waters of Lake George. I'm Gary Scott, and today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. We made it through February already. How did that happen? Other stories in the morning brief today, SUNY Adirondack has a new IT training program, potential new plans for apartments on the property of the Wilton Mall, proposals on whether or not to allow e-bikes on the Warren County Bikeway, the final weekend for the Lake George Ice Castles, and Marlene Ozier coming to the Strand Theater this weekend. But first, before we get into our stories, I want to let you know that if you're looking for a place to advertise your local business, Glens Falls today could be the perfect solution. Our goal is to provide free and convenient access to important local news, but more importantly, we want to support and represent our community, and what better way to do that than by helping to spread the word about the great local businesses in the greater Glens Falls area. For example, I would like to thank one of our community partners, Paul Smith with Renovo Real Estate. Paul Smith, he knows what makes a home inside and out. With over three decades of experience in the construction industry, Paul brings a unique perspective to real estate, with exceptional insight and inspiration for his clients, and a goal of connecting them with their dream home. And if you own a business in the area, you could advertise with us on our website, or even right here with me on The Morning Brief. For more information, head over to our website at glensfallstoday.com, and thank you for making Glens Falls Today your source for free local news. SUNY Adirondack is adding a new 12-week training opportunity to its repertoire as a way of offering a new career path opportunity to its students. According to News 10, the college is set to begin offering an IT help desk boot camp course in its catalog of workforce development offerings. The IT help desk boot camp will offer CompTIA Plus exam vouchers to help students get into IT positions once they graduate. It also includes computer system strategy, hardware architecture, operating system management, and more. The program is funded by part of a $60 million state grant designed to support enrollment initiatives across SUNY campuses. The course is offered at no additional cost to students and will be held in two cohorts, both running from March to June on alternating days. Both cohorts will be held at SUNY Adirondack's Wilton campus. The IT Help Desk Boot Camp will run alongside training programs in Python for Data Analytics and Electrical Maintenance Technician Boot Camp. Officials from the Wilton Mall, Masaryk, and Paramount Development met last week to discuss proposed plans to add nearly 400 apartments and townhomes on the site of the mall's former Bonton location. According to our compatriots with Saratoga Today, the group included Wilton Mall General Manager Mike Schaefer, Tom Settle, the principal at Paramount Development, and Tawny Farmer, Masaryk Vice President of Development. The project, which was first proposed to the Wilton Town Board last April, would see the development of 296 apartments and 86 townhomes in place of the former Bonton location. The Bonton closed in 2018 and has been vacant ever since. Wilton Mall partnered with Paramount Development in May 2021 and began developing plans for apartments. Settle said roughly half the apartments will be one bedroom, while the townhomes will be primarily two and three bedroom units. The plans also include a clubhouse between 12,000 and 20,000 square feet, and Settle said the group has looked into amenities such as an indoor pool. Surface level and garage parking will also be available to residents. Settle said the complex would have a gated entry that residents can access via their phones and other smart features, and the rent is expected to begin around $2,000. 
Tawny Farmer said they envisioned the mall becoming a town center. The goal is to attract more entertainment, dining, and retail spaces back to the mall property. Schaefer said the mall's first venture into mixed use was when Planet Fitness and Healthy Living Market opened in the former location of J.C. Penney in 2012 and 2013. And more recently, Saratoga Hospital moved parts of their operation into the former Sears location in 2020. Schaefer and Farmer said there is general interest in the area, but many companies are seeking visibility on Route 50. Schaefer said the project will operate in two phases. Phase 1 would consist of the apartment developments and the demolition of Bonton, as well as some additional green space and landscaping between the apartments and the mall. The townhomes would be constructed as part of the second phase. The Town of Wilton Planning Board voted unanimously to recommend approval of the project to the Town Board, provided they show renderings of the project. An update on the project, including those renderings, will be presented at the board meeting tomorrow, March 2nd, at 7pm at 22 Traver Road in Gansvert, with the group hoping that the board will set a public hearing. More information on the project is available at reimaginewiltonmall.com. Now before we get to our top story, I want to remind you again that you could advertise your business with us at glensfallstoday.com or right here on The Morning Brief. As our business continues to grow and develop, we strive to help other local businesses do the same. We want to help you spread the word about the great services that you have to offer our community. For more information, visit our website at glensfallstoday.com. The Adirondack Park Association, Lake George Park Commission, Lake George Association, and other relevant groups were represented in county court recently to argue their sides of whether or not the herbicide Procellicor EC should be used on two bays in Lake George. According to News 10, Blairs Bay and Sheep Meadow Bay, both located in the town of Hague, are home to a population of invasive Eurasian water milfoil. Last year, the herbicide's use was approved, which then prompted a petition by the LGA and others that led to a preliminary injunction. Now the question is whether that injunction will lead to more permanent legal action blocking Procellicor from touching the waters of Lake George. State Supreme Court Justice Robert Mueller heard arguments from both sides in a hearing attended by around 40 Lake George residents and other invested parties from the public. The APA and LGPC were represented by Assistant Attorney General Josh Talent, who argued for the herbicide's impact falling within state and national safety regulations and against the petition's choice of target. The petitioners, including the LGA, Lake George waterkeeper Chris Nowitzki, the town of Hegg, and lakeside property owner Helena Rice, were represented by environmental lawyer Thomas West, arguing the risks posed to Lake George's wetlands, species, and residents, and called the validity of the state's entire argument into question. The petitioners had two choices when deciding how to take legal action against Procellicor. The groups chose to take on the rules of the APA's wetland permits, rather than the DEC permits allowing the herbicide's use. Talent said that in order to make a proper case, tangible damages would have to be shown and proven in the wetlands, impact or injury related to the wetland themselves, or their impact on human life. For the LGA, their allies, and their legal defense, the wetlands are at the heart of everything. West cited the association's direct involvement in the control of water milfoil. The LGA provides funding for the LGPC's current milfoil management program, which involves employees harvesting invasive growths by hand. The invocation of the wetlands was also made relevant to the town of Haig. Haig has been a vocal opponent of Procellicor's usage, going so far as to pass a resolution opposing the practice by unanimous town board vote. News 10 reports further points were raised regarding what else lives in Blairs Bay and Sheep Meadow Bay. Both are home to wildlife big and small, from fish down to plankton. 
West pointed out that the APA acknowledged some amount of impact on those species, including a protected species. The state argues that any footprint would effectively be free of danger. Procellicor has been used for similar control projects at water bodies such as Minerva Lake, where the chemical was found to be undetectable within the water three days after the application. By some metrics, including the petitioners, the application process to get Procellicor in use last year happened fast. The Lake George Park Commission approved the herbicide's use in April of last year, following the green light from the Adirondack Park Agency earlier that same month. West's ultimate argument against the state's proposed usage of Procellicor was that under wetland regulations, solutions such as herbicides should only be employed as a last resort. Meanwhile, the Lake George Park Commission is already in the process of applying for a permit for 2023, effectively starting the whole conversation over again. A letter to Hague area property owners was sent out in the weeks prior to the hearing, declaring that an application had been filed to have herbicide considered once again, much to the chagrin of the LGA. Muller ended the court session without any indication of exactly when a final decision could be made on whether to cast a proper injunction on the use of the herbicide in Lake George. However, he did say that he would issue a decision before Lake George freezes over. The discussion of e-bikes at the most recent Glens Falls Public Safety Board meeting leaned toward prohibiting the new biking trend on the city's portion of the Warren County Bikeway. According to the Post-Star, the town of Lake George passed an approval of e-bikes on its part of the bikeway in June, with Queensbury approving a similar local law four months later, but Glens Falls is looking into prohibiting electric bikes on the paved bike and pedestrian path. Overcrowding of the path, potential lawsuits over injuries, and the safety of individuals who use it to walk or run were on the minds of board members when it came to the idea of allowing e-bikes on the bikeway. The board agreed that introducing the semi-motorized mode of transportation is something to be approached with caution. The discussion was prompted by two common council members, Ben Lapham and Bob Landry, bringing the issue to the board. Lapham, the fourth ward councilman, has previously asked the board to approve a resolution allowing e-bikes on the bikeway, according to Mayor Bill Collins. Board member Bob Stedman brought up that he never considered the idea of having e-bikes on the county's bikeway. He went as far as to tell Jack Diamond, the Glens Falls first ward supervisor, he was not a fan, pointing out that e-bikes can go very fast, very quietly, and that they aren't required to have headlights. Mayor Collins added that the Glens Falls section of the path was the most populated portion of the entire route. He said there are already violations going on, such as walking dogs on the bike path, which has been prohibited for years. He said the board's options are to do nothing, to make a recommendation to the Common Council to allow e-bikes on the path, or to offer a resolution to ban them. He then said, quote, They're already doing things against the rules, and that has nothing to do with e-bikes. People walk their dogs all the time, creating dangerous situations. To make a point, you're more likely to outlaw walkers on the bike path than bikers. Hey, if you haven't gotten the chance to check out the Lake George Ice Castles yet this year, just a heads up, this weekend might be your last chance. According to Sun Community News, the Enterprise's local manager Roger Allen said that this weekend will likely be the last for the attraction this year. He said, quote, If people want to get in to see the Ice Castles, now's the time to do it. Admission is secured by advanced purchase of tickets online for specified times. As of Sunday, tickets were available to tour the multi-acre frozen fortress tomorrow, Thursday, March 2nd, from 6 to 9 p.m., this Friday, March 3rd, and this Saturday, March 4th, from 6 to 10 p.m., as well as Sunday, March 5th, from 6 to 8 p.m. Tickets are available at icecastles.com. 
A limited number of tickets are available on site, but Allen said their prices are significantly higher. Visitation is limited to evening hours so that people can enjoy the enchanting glow of thousands of multicolored LED lights embedded into the ice that forms the walls of the caverns, tunnels, and passageways. Volatile weather conditions have caused temperatures to vary in Lake George between negative 15 and 59 degrees this year. That's Fahrenheit, of course. This variation has obviously posed considerable challenges in building and maintaining the ice castles. This season's opening of Lake George ice castles was delayed nearly a month by recurring warm spells that melted hundreds of tons of ice as the caverns were being formed, but a cold spell allowed the attraction to open on January 23rd. The attraction was then shut down on February 15th, but reopened a week later, and has remained open since then. Lake George Chamber of Commerce Marketing Director Amanda Metzger praised the Ice Castle's builders for their determination and ingenuity. She said they worked tirelessly day after day and sometimes through the night to repair the damage caused by the warm weather, and she noted that this is the second year that the attraction has been a major draw for visitors. And finally, the Strand Theatre in Hudson Falls presents a comedy matinee with 90-year-old Marlene, this Saturday, March 4th, at 3pm. Marlene Ozier told the Glens Falls Chronicle that she started doing comedy in her 60s between acts as part of the Sweet Adeline's Women's Barbershop Chorus. Word spread and she later paired with Patricia Joyce, longtime Glens Falls area resident and LARAC director, doing comedy sketches as the washerwomen Maud and Gert. Eventually, Ozier took Gert out on her own as well. She says much of her humor is in the style of Henny Youngman, joking about her husband Murray, something her real husband Dave enjoyed while he was still alive. Ozier also performs at reunions, family gatherings, conventions, and even cruise ships. So if you're interested in seeing her work, this Saturday at the Strand is the place to be. And that is all I've got for the Morning Brief today. Again, I'm Gary Scott for Glens Falls Today, and as always, thank you for listening. Our goal for the Morning Brief is to provide you with quick and convenient access to the most important news around the greater Glens Falls area, so if you love the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and recommending us to a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow morning with more local news you need to know. I'm Gary Scott, and this is Glens Falls Today Morning Brief.